You know, today we want to continue a, a relationship series. Last week we talked about relationships, and uh, with that being said, don't forget that tonight is small group, and uh, we have three different small groups that are meeting. I think our youth group are, are meeting right there in their room, and they're going to be talking about some things that, that deal with teenagers, whatever those things are. I don't know. I'm not a teenager, okay? But uh, then we're going to have our, our gap group, which is our young adults, and uh, Tracy, y'all are at CC's. Man, I'm so jealous, okay? They're going to hang out at CC's. That's an awesome place to be, and they're going to talk about some different things. They're actually going to talk a little bit about today's message and some other things that may be, uh, may, may be interesting to you. And then tonight... In the fellowship hall, we're going to get together with our relationship group. We call it Relationship 101. It's kind of for married folks, but it's just not married folks. It's for all folks who just want to come and get to know each other a little better. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the five love languages. How many have heard of that? Okay, there you go. Spencer, you've heard of that. Okay, yeah, remember, remember it's, I mentioned it when we were doing... Yeah, lift your hand. Hey, I feel better. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, it's something I talk about to every young couple that I marry, okay? Because uh, uh, communicating and receiving love, he's like, yeah, that's what that was, okay? Um, communicating and receiving love is very important. How many have figured out that men and women are a little bit different? Hey, I use the illustration. We'd want deer heads in this room. We'd think, man, that would help God move, okay? <laughs> we guys don't need another distraction. Wow, is that an eight-point or a ten-point? Okay, how many Boone and Crockett points is that boy? Okay, well, we don't need any more distractions, we men, okay? But, um, but men and women are different. They're different in so many ways. They're also different in how they perceive and receive love. And we're going to talk about that tonight. So if you're able to come to our small group at 6 o'clock, we're going to talk about the five love languages. It will help you in every relationship in your life. It'll help you in your marriage. It'll help you with your kids. How many would like to have some, uh, some keys to communicating with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. I got teenagers, okay? I need that myself, okay? They ha- I-, I have a way to communicate with them that can help tremendously. The Five Love Languages is based on a book by Gary Smalley. It's an amazing book, and if you're able to come tonight at 6 o'clock, I promise you enjoy it, okay? There's no Saints game to distract us today, okay? Saints don't play today. Saints play next Sunday, okay? So, so you don't have that reason not to be here. Be here at 6 o'clock, and I promise you, it'll be great. Hey, at this time, Chantel's going to come. And uh, we're going to pray for a young couple that, uh, that looks like they're going to be moving to a different area of our country. And it's a pretty cool thing. So, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and we'll pray for these guys. Okay. Ashley and Jesse, you want to come up? Ashley and Jesse, as you know, were, God sent them both here to find each other. And they did and got married. And, um, and then God sent them on a different way. And then he just sent them back again for such a time as this. And I love their story. Well, number one, I love these kids. So um, I'm going to just let them maybe take two minutes, whoever wants to talk, and, t- and tell everybody what the great adventure you guys are going on. Who wants to talk? I guess I will. All right. So Ashley and I have uh, had a dream for a while now to move to Wyoming. God put it on our hearts. We didn't necessarily know why, didn't know what we we're going to do, and uh, we just kind of put it on our shelf. And back in April, we went on a trip up to Tennessee, and we went and saw the Teen Challenge director that uh, led Ashley to her current walk with the Lord, I guess you would say. And he just asked us, what do y'all want to do with those life? And we're like, well, Ashley said, I guess we want to move to Wyoming at some point. And literally two seconds later, his phone rang, and it was a lady from Wyoming. We had no clue. He had no clue. 
that was trying to start up a teen challenge up in Wyoming. They have no teen challenge presence whatsoever. And, uh, and it just sort of blew our mind. It was a huge confirmation. And from that point, things have just sort of went out of control. Um, we got invited to go up to Wyoming a few weeks ago. And uh, God did some incredible things, just flung open so many doors. It would be stupid to stay here. <laughs> um, and it's just really exciting. It's very different. I've been in Louisiana all my life. I'm a little nervous about the winter, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but Ashley's more used to it, northern girl. But we're just excited. Um, we really enjoyed our time here. Um, but it's time for something else. And we're ready. We're excited. You know what I love is that um, they're young enough to not be scared to take an adventure. <laughs> so Ashley is from Washington, the state of Washington, and God led her to Tennessee where she actually went through the Teen Challenge program. If you know me at all, you know Teen Challenge is very dear to my heart. And uh, she ended up interning at the Teen Challenge Center I was working at where God, our paths crossed. And then, of course, Jesse has been one of my spiritual kids for many, many years, and his parents pastored here in Louisiana for a long time. And so God brought them together, and now Wyoming. I remember when they first shared the dream with me about Wyoming. Uh, just honestly, I thought, they're just some dumb kids. They just, I mean, you know, we all want that, right? Like, I'm going to fly to New York every week and have lunch, right? That's what I said at their age, right? Um, and uh, so that the dream in reality usually equals disappointment, except sometimes you can have faith enough to believe that God does what he says he's going to do. And he laid that dream of Wyoming. So if you guys want to bless them with parkas, or is it get cold there? Or maybe a snow hats? I'm not sure. Well, we won't even know what to do with that kind of thing here. I'm just joking. They probably have all that. Ashley's from Washington. She kind of knows that. So um, we just want to bless these guys. We want to send them off in prayer because you know what? They are part of this house, and they are kids that are going. And sometimes you have to go, and sometimes you can just send. And today we're just sending. So we're going to pray over them, Pastor. Jesse said it was 36 this week. It's already snowing there. Some of you are like, whoa, I can't wait. The problem is it gets colder than that. But hey, he's got the beard growing. It's going to be awesome. Stretch your hands out toward these kids. We love them to death. Let's pray for them. Lord, we just pray for Jesse and Ashley. And Lord, we thank you for the, the faith that you put in them, Lord. God, it's, I'm just amazed by the step of faith that they're taking, Lord. And I just pray that you would provide, you would protect, and you would continue to anoint their ministry. Lord, I believe there's going to be lives transformed because of this Teen Challenge program that's going to begin in Wyoming. Lord, I thank you for destinies that are going to be transformed, that lives that are going to be changed. God, the kingdom of, uh, of God will grow because of this couple. I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would work out all the details, Lord. God, they've got directions, they've got faith, and you just work out all the details. I pray that you'd bless them, you'd protect them, and you would use them mightily for your glory. Lord, I just ask your special blessings over them. Lord, we love them so much, and we believe in them, and we can't wait to see all the amazing things you do in them and through them. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody would say, amen. Hey, guys, we love those guys. Give them a great big old hand. Mm. And Jesse, Ashley, when it gets real, real cold, you can come back and visit, okay, when it gets real, real cold, okay? 36 already. Wow, let's just think about that a little bit. It was like 59 one day this morning, and we were like, hallelujah, okay? You were cooking your roux because it got below 80, okay? 
That is so true, though. It really is, okay? I didn't get a chance to cook gumbo yet just because I didn't have time, but I still have a bag in the freezer. They'll have a bag in the deep freezer that needs to be defrosted. So, all right, where was I? We're talking about relationships, so let's get to it. Relationship series from, Revela- uh, from Romans chapter number 12. So if you have your Bibles, turn to, Re- to Romans chapter number 12. Last week, we talked about our relationship with church folk, okay? Uh, how our relationship with one another should be based on love and mutual respect and esteem and, and how we should speak blessings uh, one toward another. And, and now we're going to take that a little bit further because, you know, our relationships in the church are important and our relationships in the church are, are vital. But guess what? We also have relationships outside the church. We have relationships with folks who don't yet know Jesus. You notice that's how I said it. They don't yet know Jesus. I want to remind you, though, in all of our relationships with others, especially those that don't yet know Jesus, you need to be reminded that you may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. You may be the only Bible. You may be the only example of a Christian that somebody ever sees. You know, guys, we, we, we sometimes send mixed signals, okay? I've, I've met people that profess their faith, and, and they don't sound any different than anybody else. I've seen people who will talk about Jesus one step and they'll talk about clubbing the next. That don't really work too well, okay? They'll, they'll use words that we would use in church and then they use words that a sailor might use, okay? And that, that doesn't jive with me too well. So guys, what it comes down to is we have to be consistent in our walk with the Lord. Now, are we going to be perfect? No. No. You know what, guys? There were moments Friday night where your pastor was not a very happy camper, okay? There were moments, in fact, I I even slapped the back wall of the press box. Now, the good news is I wanted to slap an official, but he was a long way from me, okay? I wanted to get, you know, I was frustrated. I was aggravated. I was, when, when, when Keon, when you got tripped up, I lost my mind. I was so upset because if they just block that kid, you score, okay? I mean, it was, you know, uh, but, but again, I never did anything that would negatively reflect on Jesus. And guys, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to us always representing Christ well, okay? When we make a mistake, own up to it. I tell my kids all the time, it's not what you've done, it's what you do next, because we're all gonna, mis- we're all gonna make mistakes, we're all gonna have bad days, we're all gonna have times where, where we just, uh, blow it. But when we do own it and, and say, Hey, uh, Lord, forgive me. And if you've wronged somebody, go try to get them to forgive you as well. But today we're going to talk about our relationships with other folks, relationships with unbelievers. Let's get to it. Romans chapter number 12. Let's begin re- reading in verse number 14, Romans 12, verse 14, bless them that persecute you bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men." Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. 
A lot of good stuff right there. A lot of stuff we need to go over. Let's pray that the Lord would help us to apply this truth into our life so we can make a difference with our family, our friends, and our community. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I thank you right now for an opportunity to grow in our faith. I pray that you'd bless this message. You'd speak to people's heart. You'd speak through me and use me to communicate this truth. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody would say, amen. Amen. First thing we should do in our relationship with others is, as believers, we are to bless those that persecute us. Ooh. (laughs) Bless those that persecute us. The word bless means to speak well of. The picture is a believer is charged to do something that would be very, very difficult. To speak well of those who persecute them. You know, I said this this Wednesday, if we'll do the difficult, God will do the impossible. If we'll do the difficult, if we'll speak well of folks who are not speaking well about us, God can do the impossible. You know what? There are some relationships in your life and in your family and in your, in your, your scope of influence that you cannot fix. Those relationships have been fractured. They've been, they've been broken. You can't fix them. It would be impossible for you to fix them. You've tried to apologize. You've tried to make things right and it's still broken. I want to challenge you. Start doing the difficult and speak blessings. Start doing the difficult and start speaking well of that other person. Start saying good things. Why? Because we prophesy the future with the words that we speak. There is great... It sounded like a little unison over there. I like that, okay? There is great power in our words. You see, when God created all of this world, how did he do it, Seth? He spoke it into existence. He spoke it into the existence. There is great power in the words that we speak. And that's why Paul is commanding us to speak well of those who persecute us. Pastor, that's really hard to do. I know. (laughs) Okay? I've been there. I'm just like you. Okay? I'm Cajun as much as any of you in here. Okay? But look, we need to do the difficult. We need to speak blessings, okay? Or at very least, if you have nothing good to say, say nothing at all, okay? Sometimes the best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Every now and then, if you're around me long enough, you'll see me do this. What is that? Well, it's me following Scripture. The Bible says when a man thinketh evil put his hand over his mouth, okay? Because I don't know about you, but Homer, there are thoughts that come to my mind that ought not leave my mind. (laughs) There are things sometimes I think about saying, by the way, if you've ever been offended by what I say, you ought to see what I choose not to say, okay? There are times, Nick, I just start chuckling to myself because that was a good one, okay? I've learned now that I'm 45 to keep those things to myself. Every now and then I'll tell Chantel, I'm like, come here, Sean. I even tell my boys sometimes, if it's a really good thing, I'm like, come here, honey, you got to hear this, okay? But, um, but guys, we got to learn to speak blessings of others because God will honor you when you do it. Amen? So what does it mean to speak well of or be a blessing to others? It means to speak well of our persecutors. Yeah, that person who, uh, who did you wrong in that business deal. That boss who, who didn't treat you fairly. That loved one who, who betrayed you. We need to speak well of them as much as we can. Peter gives us a guideline in 1 Peter 3, 9. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing. Knowing that you are called unto that you should inherit a blessing. Here's the deal, guys. God is an amazing accountant. He doesn't miss a thing. 
You know, it's real easy to talk bad about somebody when they're talking bad about you, right? It's real easy to defend yourself when somebody's speaking ill of you and you just say, well, they're just bozos. They just don't know what they're talking about, okay? Don't say those things. Speak blessings of them. Do do the difficult and God will do the impossible. Secondly, Blessing those that speak evil of us means to speak well about our, perse- our persecutors. When speaking to others, we do not down that person. We mention some commendable trait. We praise some good thing about a, pos- a person. We choose not to tear them down. You know what, guys? You find what you're looking for. If you're looking for faults, you'll find plenty in others. But if you're looking for something good, you can find that too. You can find that too. Maybe it's somebody who's really rude and and they're just talking so bad about you. You could say, boy, they're just so opinionated, aren't they? They just do a wonderful job of stating their mind. Okay, You never know how you... Again, you can, you can spin it in a way that would be blessing to others. We're not talking about political spin. We're not talking about that. We're talking about doing what the Word says. Speak blessings of those who persecute us. Also, finally, and this may be the most important one, pray for our persecutors. Pray for those that are not treating you right. See, when you do that, you're following Jesus' commands. Jesus taught in Matthew 5, 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. Then Jesus ex- uh, gave us the example of Luke, 6, uh, Luke 23, 34, when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and they cast lots. You know, I wrote this in my notes as I was studying. The Lord gave me this. It is hard to hate someone that you're consistently praying for. It's hard for you to hate someone. It's hard for you to dislike someone that you're consistently praying for. Now, you know what? Sometimes those prayers start out pretty tough. Okay? I've been there. Okay? It's like, Lord, Lord, bless them. Okay? Sometimes that's where it starts. Dawn, I've been there, honey. But guess what? Then it begins to flow. Because all of a sudden, your heart and your hurt begins to heal, and you take on the heart of God who wants to bless his children, and you see that Jesus, who was on the cross, said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You know, there are some people that are speaking hurtful things about you. There are people that are hurting you today, and they don't know what they're doing. They don't recognize it. Do you know that hurt people hurt others? Hurt people hurt others. There's some internal hurt. There's some internal strife in their heart. And because they don't know how to deal with it, they lash out at others. You ever seen that? I've seen that. I've seen it with teenagers. I've seen it with adults. I've seen it with with everybody, guys. So we just need to learn how to trust God. We need to learn how to speak blessings of others. That's how we should treat one another. Because guess what, guys? We all have bad days too. Anybody in here ever had a bad day? Absolutely. We've all had them. Don't you want people to give you the benefit of the doubt? Don't you want people to say, oh, brother Seth's normally such a great guy. He must just be having a bad day. Don't you want people to give you the benefit of the doubt? Why don't we begin to give it to others? And not only should we pray for those that persecute us, but we also need to try to do good to those that persecute us. Jesus taught that we should love our enemies and do good to them that hate you. Luke 6 and 35, but love your enemies, do good, lend to them, hoping for nothing again, and your reward will be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, because he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Basically, guys, when you do good to those that are not doing good to us, 
To you, God honors that. God blesses you. How many want the blessings of God? I think that's all of us, right? Let's begin to do good to those that persecute us. Secondly, believers are to show genuine interest and concern for others. You know, this week we had a, uh, a major hurricane hit the, the Florida Gulf Coast. And um, obviously I was watching the Weather Channel like you were. And we watched how that thing strengthened. And, and I was praying for those people. And, and, um, and my heart went out to those folks, guys. And we need to continue to pray for them. Because we know what it's like to get hit by bad storms, don't we? We know what it's like to, to lose power for two weeks. We know what it's like to, to lose property and even lose loved ones. And so we know how to pray. Our heart goes out to those people. And I want to encourage us that we need to keep praying, okay? And uh, if, if there's ways that we can support, we need to do that as well. And so, so we need to show genuine concern and interest for others. We need to rejoice when others rejoice. Two things we need to do. We need to rejoice when others rejoice. You know what, guys, when something good happens to someone you work with or somebody you know, rejoice with them. When good things happen, when a baby is born, when they get married, when, when they get a promotion at job, rejoice with each other. We're not just supposed to do that with believers. We're supposed to do that with unbelievers as well. Rejoice with one another. And secondly, weep with them when they weep. When others hurt, we need to hurt with them. Guys, do you know that at moments of tragedy, at moments of difficulty, is some of the times that you and I as Christians can shine the brightest for Jesus? You know, it's at times of, of, of difficulty, it's at times of trial that I've had opportunities to pray with people. One of the reasons your pastor is in the fire department is because you get to help people at a moment of need. You get to come to them at a moment of crisis, okay? Am I the most skilled EMT? Hardly, okay? Am I the most trained firefighter? Hardly. But there's some things I can bring to a fire scene that nobody else can. I can bring faith. I can pray for, and I've done this before, I prayed for folks who just lost everything. I prayed for folks who, I remember, I prayed for a mama who had just lost her son. Guys, you just got to bring hope, you got to bring faith, you got to bring something to the table. And that's what God is calling us to do. Amen? He's calling us to love others. He's calling us to, to reach out. He's calling us to try to make a difference. He's calling us to serve others. Because in serving others, we're really serving God. Next, we need to have unity. Verse number 16 says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own eyes. Believers are to seek harmony and to associate with the lowly. Three things we should do. The believer is to be of the same mind toward others. This refers primarily to our attitude and our behavior toward others. Believers are to strive to get into the very mind of others and to understand them. We need to show empathy. Try to walk a mile in another's shoes. You know, so often we are quick to judge when we should just be quick to love. Amen? We judge people and we only have a little bit of the information. We don't know what people have been through. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know life experiences that have so troubled some people. But we are so quick to judge. That person shouldn't do this, this, and this. You're probably right. They shouldn't. But if you had been through what they'd been through, you might be doing the same things. Guys, we as believers need to show love. We need to show compassion. We need to have the heart of God. 
Now, I think in the Bible when, when it says that Jesus saw the multitudes and he had compassion toward them. Because he understood what they were going through. He understood their hurts, their pains. We need to have the heart of God so that we can show empathy toward others. We need to be quick to love and slow to judge and criticize. Amen? Secondly, believers are not to mind high things. Basically, we're talking about keeping our attitudes right. The believer is not to be snobbish. He's not to be prideful. He's not to to think he's up here and everybody else is down there. You know, guys, the greatest example was Jesus. If anybody was up there, it was Jesus. And what did he do, Seth? He left heaven and he came down here. And I'm so glad that he did. Sister Annabelle, imagine where we'd be if he hadn't left there to come down here. And because of that, guys, we're all on the same playing field. We're all in this thing together. And we shouldn't think we're too good to reach someone. We're too good to bless someone. Romans 12, 3, Paul says this, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. You see, every one of us have a little bit of faith. God has given every one of us a measure of faith. We need to make sure that that we're not judging and criticizing others when we don't know the whole story. Believers are also not to be wise in their own eyes. We need to realize who we really are, guys. Guys, if it were not for the grace of God, I could not stand in in this holy pulpit. Amen? If it were not for the grace of God, you couldn't be sitting in this church today. If it were for not the grace of God, your life, your family would be a wreck today. But for the grace of God. Amen? Guys, let's not forget that he's everything and we are nothing. But when we connect with him, it changes everything. Amen? Mm. Galatians 6 and 3, Paul says, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Proverbs 3 and 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, that's a good proverb right there. Hey, by the way, how's your proverb a day going? I'm up to speed. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. As you remember, uh, last month we, we challenged you to read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs. There's 31 days in the month of October. Read a proverb a day and watch the wisdom of God change your life. A couple other things we need to do before I close. The believer is to live above reproach in the sight of all men. Guys, we're supposed to live holy lives. We're supposed to do things God's way. We're supposed to do things different than folks in the world. We're supposed to live a life above reproach. Number one, the believer is not to react. He is not to return evil for evil because that's natural, right? If somebody says something bad about you, Seth, it's just natural to come back at them. If somebody swings at you, it's natural for you to swing at them. If somebody comes at you in an evil way, it's easy to react that way, right? Guys, that's not the will of God. We need to learn how to respond, okay? The point is this. Believers are not to react against a person who mistreats and does evil against them. There are at least two reasons why. Number one, reaction will most likely lose the friendship. It'll harm the relationship. Our flesh reacts. Our spirit responds. If you're taking notes, write that down. Our flesh reacts. Our spirit responds. You know what, guys? 
I've done that well sometimes. I've done that not so well sometimes, okay? Because guess what? There's still some Mo Seneca in here. I'm trying to get him to decrease, trying to get Jesus to increase. Can anybody in here relate? Okay? But here's the deal. If you could just learn to pause for a moment. Jennifer, when you want to just get after Chris, just pause for a moment, okay? When, when you just want to tell John all about it, just pause for a moment, okay? She's getting the Holy Ghost over there. All right? When you want to just tell Brittany... Come on, baby. When you at work tomorrow and you just want to tell that person, just pause for a moment, okay? Why? Because the flesh reacts. The flesh comes at somebody. The flesh says, bring it on, okay? But the spirit responds. And guys, think about it. The times you've reacted... Clean up on aisle four, okay? We have problems. We have to, we have to, how how many have have gone on an apology tour after a reaction? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. It ain't no fun, okay? But then there's been moments I've stopped, I've paused, I've prayed, and then I respond in a way that keeps the relationship solid, that, that, that brings hope and brings confidence to a situation, and that God can honor. So guys, it comes down to in our relationship with unbelievers, in our relationship with anybody, should we react or should we respond? Well, the flesh reacts, the spirit responds. Peter said it this way, 1 Peter 3 and 9, not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, but knowing that we're called to inherit a blessing. Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5.15, seeing that no one renders evil for evil, but ever follow that which is good among yourselves and to all men. So let's make up our mind not to react, but to respond. And finally, we're to demonstrate good behavior in the sight of all men. You know what, guys? People are watching your life. People are watching your life. People are watching you that you don't even know. I remember one time when I first got saved, believe it or not, Miss Robin, they let me sing in the choir. I don't know what they were thinking, okay? They let me sing in the choir. I was a football player at Northeast Louisiana University, and Seth, they let me sing in the choir. Now, it was a big choir, okay? About 60 or 70, so I got a big choir voice, okay? And... Um, and I remember one time we would play on Saturday nights, and um, many times we flew all over the place. In fact, we flew to Wyoming one time, guys, okay? wasn't quite as cold as it's going to be this winter, but it was still nice, okay? And, and here's the thing. We'd get back, and normally it was after a big loss, okay? Because, you know, when we were playing real teams, we weren't very good anymore. And, and I can remember getting in at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and, uh, and then getting up, going to Sunday school, Going to church, singing in the choir. Okay? Now, I didn't sing very well. Okay? Sometimes I didn't lift my arms real high because I was sore. Okay? By the way, Hunter, I'm sore this morning. I think you had me throwing the ball a little too hard the other day. Okay? But here's the deal. It was after that, I remember I was playing golf with a guy who said, Mo, you really blessed me this week. Or you blessed me singing in the choir. I'd never heard that before, okay? I blessed you singing? I kind of like this. Tommy, you're probably used to hearing that. I'd never heard that before. Whoa. And he was like, no, not what you're singing. (laughs) Okay? He said, I knew that y'all got plastered last night, okay? And and, and I didn't really want to go to church this morning. But I said, if Mo's going to be there, I'm going to be there. And guys, just something as simple as showing up when you don't want to show up. Doing what you know is right because somebody is always watching. Parents, let me talk to you for a moment. 
Somebody's always watching. Okay, Tracy, in your, in your case, it's that beautiful little girl named Tinsley. Somebody's always watching. My boys are always watching my life. Sometimes they see a real good example of Christ. And Nick, sometimes they see a little less. But you know what? They love me no matter what. And here's the deal. When I've blown it with my boys, and I have before, I own it. Hunter, Hayden, have I owned it a few times? Have I said, man, I screwed up. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Would you forgive me? Here's the amazing thing. Your kids are quick to forgive, Don. They're quick to forgive, okay? But somebody's always watching. And I just want to challenge you guys. You, you don't know who that person is. Let's keep doing the right thing. Even when you don't want to do the right thing. Even when your flesh is screaming to do anything but the right thing. Pause pray and respond in the spirit because God blesses obedience. God blesses you when you do the right thing. God blesses you when you, when you walk meekly. God blesses you when you live peaceably. As a believer, we're to live at peace with all men. We're almost done. The Bible says, if it's possible, we're as a believer to live at peace with all men. However, how many have figured out it's not always possible? (laughs) Some people are troublemakers. Some people are just problem people. But you're supposed to do everything you can to live at peace with them. As much as is possible, the believer is to live at peace with all men. What does this mean? Let not any conflict arise or escalate because of your actions. Say that again. Because again, let's read verse 18. Look at what verse 18 says. It says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. God knew that some people were going to be difficult. But let not the conflict arise, start, or escalate because of your actions. Do everything you can to be a blessing. Do you know that in every conflict, in every situation, we hold two pails with us? We have a pail of water, we have a pail of gasoline. There's a fire, there's a spark. You can put that out real easily or you can escalate it, okay? I've been a fireman and I've been a fire starter. I've done both, okay? And you have too. But let's learn to do what God wants us to do. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. And then finally, let's remember in verses 19 through 21 that vengeance is God's. If you just have no place for revenge in your life, if you just believe that you're going to trust God and you're going to treat others how God wants them to be treated and you just leave all the judging and you leave all the, 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 the squaring accounts to God, he'll bless you for it. Amen? Guys, we just got to trust God in every situation. we got to trust God with every relationship. As I close this morning, and Pastor Tommy comes, as I close today's teaching, as a, uh, <clears throat> as a uh, situation of how, how are you doing, or let me just ask you a simple question. How are you doing with your relationships with unbelievers outside the church? Using today's teaching as a criteria. Use what we've talked about as a criteria. How are your relationships with unbelievers outside the church? I don't know about you, but I was convicted in a few areas, as I'm sure some of you were as well. We need the heart of God to touch our hearts so that we can represent Jesus to everyone we come in contact with. Amen? Especially those outside the church who've yet to come to faith. 
John 3.16 captures the heart of God so very well. He so loved that he gave. He did something about it. He loves and it moved him to action. He gave of himself. Our challenge today is let God touch your heart today so that you'll give of yourselves. And no longer react in the flesh, but respond through the power of the Holy Spirit.